This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. How's everybody? Man, I'm telling you, I feel like we already had church. And we have, haven't we? Because we're here together. We're two or three are gathered together. Who's here? Who's here? The one that matters. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, welcome to Passion Church again. Thank you, Brother Bruce, for that prayer, that exhortation. Man, I'm telling you, it's so important. Connected with God. Well, we're going to be talking about, and I really love the graphic that my brother Michael Kelly worked up for me for this series, Covenant and Contradiction. Well, you can't look at that picture without getting a feeling of where we're headed with this thing. Amen. Covenant and Contradiction. You can't... If, as believers, there's always both. Where the covenant is, there's going to be contradiction because we have an enemy. We live in a fallen world. Amen. Well, just before getting the message, uh, can I share some personal good news here? Uh, have a brand new addition to the Braswell family. Gabriella Soul Braswell. Gabriella Soul Braswell, Ella or Ellie, 7 pounds, 10 ounces, born Friday, June the 3rd. Now, this is, this is our youngest son, Jason. Most of y'all know Jason, y'all. Some of y'all probably taught him when he was in <laughs> yeah, children's church. But he's grown now. He's got, he's got his first child. Also, they're They close on their first home tomorrow, brand new home, and he just got a promotion to senior engineer with Amazon, so a lot of good news. The seed of the righteous, I always claim that scripture over there, seed of the righteous is blessed, amen, so uh, for all the well wishes and prayers. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, We love you beyond words. Well, let's talk about covenant and contradiction. And all this month, we're going to be looking into this and unpacking it and talking about it more and more. Today, I want to talk a little bit about what is our covenant. You know, in Western culture, we don't really know a whole lot, unless you are a student of scriptures, we don't know a whole lot about uh, covenant. Now, maybe you come... You might come from a, uh, a background where covenant uh, was a part of your culture. But for us here, the closest thing we have here is, is a contract, and that's a very poor uh, comparison. Covenants were made to be broken, they say. <laughs> I mean, uh, contracts were made to be broken. Covenants are not made to be broken. You know, and here's the thing. We're called to be in and under the power of the new covenant that is ours in Christ Jesus. 
This is the place of safety, of healing, of provision in a fallen world. If you will, you got your Bible there. They'll put the scriptures up. But in Romans chapter 4, now we're not going to be able to, to get into everything, just what little bit I know about covenant, and certainly not everything there is to know about covenant. But I just want to introduce some things, hit some high points, perhaps remind you of some things or bring up some things maybe you didn't know. You know, <clears throat> what is a covenant? A covenant is a personally held sacred agreement between two parties, usually sealed by the shedding of blood. Now, we see this with, with Abraham in uh, Romans 4, verse 11. He's speaking here. This whole chapter, Paul is reminding us and talking to us about the covenant that God cut with Abraham. And so much of the things we see of the blessing of Abraham, the victory of Abraham, because if you look at Abraham just from a, outside of the covenant, if you look at Abraham outside of the covenant, he don't look too good. He kind of looks like the rest of us. I mean, you know, he's, he's weak. He hides behind his wife's skirts. He lies. Come on. Am I telling the truth? See, but, see outside the covenant, we don't look too good. <laughs> so, but, but we want to look at, and this is what Paul's bringing out, is about the covenant that Abraham cut with God. And in chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he received circumcision, talking about Abraham, as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by what? Faith. While he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe. Those who have been circumcised and those who have not. In order that righteousness may be credited to them. Now I want you to notice here. God cut a covenant with Abraham. And when he made this covenant, Abraham... Uh, God presented it to him and said, okay, Abraham, he says, here's what I will do. I will be your God. I will be your protector. I will be your provider. I will stand before your enemies. I will be your healer. He talked about so many other things. He said, this is what I will be. This is what I will be to you. Now, will you accept this covenant? And for Abraham to accept the covenant, it was by faith but it is also a commitment that he made by faith. He said, God, I'm going to serve you. You're going to be my God. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to fulfill your plan and your purposes. Now, it was more than that, but that's the essence of it. So both sides accepted, you know, God presented the covenant and Abraham accepted it by faith. So from that point on, God dealt with Abraham according to the covenant. He didn't deal with him according to Abraham's failures, according to Abraham's weaknesses, according to, you know, the things where Abraham made mistakes. He even lied. Come on. He did. Well, he kind of told a half-truth. A half That's a lie, isn't it? To Pharaoh. Have you ever wondered about that? You look at Abraham in the natural and you think, now how did I, wait a minute, God. Here's Abraham, you know, 
you told him to stay in the land. The famine comes. He takes off to Egypt. He gets ready to go into Egypt. He lies to Pharaoh. And yet he comes out smelling like a rose. Pharaoh loads him down with all kinds of camels and donkeys and silver and gold and sends him out. What was that? That's covenant. That wasn't Abraham. That was covenant. That was favor. And that's what part of covenant's about. It's, a, it's favor. So each party swears a fidelity to the other as elements of the covenant. What each will commit to the other. As believers, what have we done? We, are, we have committed our obedience and service to the Lordship of Jesus. See, if you haven't done that, you're not in covenant yet. You're, you're religious. But see, that's part of covenant, our covenant. And God says that He is going to be our protector, our provider, our Savior. He's going to be the one who's going to, when the enemy comes against us one way, He's going to run him off seven different ways. Amen? He's going to be our covenant partner. And what I want to get across today, the main point is what it means to be in covenant with God. The, the covenant with God. Listen, covenant is the extension of God's kingdom over the life of a person. Abraham, when he accepted the covenant, God's kingdom, God's ability, God's power, it, it was like a, you know, you've seen these sci-fi commercials or sci-fi uh, movies where they have this thing called a force field. You know, and they, they switch that thing on and it goes, well, not exactly like that. I better keep my day job. But anyway, you know, the sound comes on. And it's that shield, it goes all the way around them. And it's impenetrable. Man, you know, no bullet, no sword can get through. No bad guy can get through. I mean, they're in that thing, man. That's the way. God projects His kingdom over your life. His favor over your life. His blessing over your life. His forgiveness over your life. His goodness over your life. And man, you're, you're walking around and you're, you're, everybody looks at you. They can't see it. It's invisible to the natural eye. But by faith, God's covenant surrounds you. God's blessing is on you. Wow. I like that, don't you? If you would, turn over to Joshua. Let's look over there, Joshua 3. Now, we're looking in the Old Testament, and we know that we've got a better covenant. But, you know, we can just look over here and see what Joshua and them had. And I'm telling you what, we see what they had, and we got something better than Joshua had. You bring your shouting clothes. Got your shouting shoes on, your dancing shoes. Listen to what? Joshua, God speaking to Joshua, chapter 1, verse 3. Now, this is about covenant. Now, the two verses before that, he said, Now, Moses, my servant, is dead. And so, you know, Joshua saw everything that, that God did through Moses. That was all covenant. That wasn't Moses. Now, Moses did his part. He believed, he obeyed, he wasn't perfect, but he's pretty close. 
He obeyed God, didn't he? And that's the reason God worked through Moses the way he did. And Joshua saw that. Man, how would you like to, how would you like to follow Moses' ministry? Whoa, talk to God face to face. Split the Red Sea. Humbled Pharaoh's army. Brought a nation to its knees. Brought water out of the rock. Prayed and brought manna out of heaven. Spoke a word and the whole tribe, whole family went straight to hell. That's strong stuff. That's old covenant. Hello. Verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised you. Here's the thing about covenant. Wherever we go, the covenant goes with us. You go to work, covenant's going with you. You're covered in the covenant. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how mean your boss wants to be. I'm going to tell you, he's going to, he, you're going to have favor. If you'll walk in the covenant, the covenant, he, he said, wherever you put your foot, he said, that's where the covenant's going to be. And where the covenant is, there is victory, salvation, favor. He said, just like I promised you. Then we go on down and read, continue reading. He said, he said, no one, verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. That's covenant. Not because of who you are in yourself, but because you have a covenant with God. The enemy can't successfully stand against you. Oh, he'll come against you, but he can't succeed. See, this is why we're calling it covenant and contradiction. Wherever, even in the Old Testament, wherever Moses went, there was contradiction. There were, Pharaoh was against him. People were against him. Satan was against him. Circumstance was against him. There was contradiction. There's always going to be contradiction in this world. So don't think it a strange thing. Just lean into your covenant. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Here's covenant again. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's covenant. You say, yeah, but I messed up. That doesn't matter. He said, I will never leave you as for my part. See, God's talking about his part. He said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. My covenant is with you. Listen, when God gives his word, he don't back out. God's not a man that he should lie. Think about it. Wherever you go, whatever you face this week, you're in covenant. God's covenant is in force. He said, I'm going to be with you. He said, nobody's going to be able to stand against you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, be strong and courageous. Well, you can be when you know this. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. Then he goes on and says, be strong and very courageous. He said, be careful to obey. In other words, you keep your part of the covenant. What's our part of the covenant? To trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. To love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our strength, and our neighbor as ourself. To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of His blood. Amen. We walk in the love of God. We walk in faith. Hallelujah. See, when we do that, we can be strong and very courageous. 
we can be confident. Amen? He said in verse 8, he said, keep this book of the law. Well, we would, we would say keep this New Testament, the, the, the Word of God in the Gospels, in the Epistles, the letters that God's written to us. That's where we should be living, camping out, because that's where we find out what our covenant rights are. Listen, everything God's given you in covenant, listen, that's yours forever. I said, that's yours forever. God wants you to have all of it. He, see, he, He's extending His kingdom to surround you. It'll, it can surround a person. It can surround a family. You know what I just read right here? About just our son, Jason? That's covenant. Because he's my son. He's my seed. He, covenant is extended over him. It can be over a person. It can be over a family. Get this. It can be over a nation. Israel proved that, didn't it? Listen, God has a covenant with this nation. The problem is we're not walking in it. We're not taking advantage of it. Well, we're beginning to see more people do that. But how big is a covenant? A covenant can cover a whole nation. Actually, God's intent is, is that His covenant should cover the whole world as the waters cover the seas. That every man, every woman, every tribe, every nation should know the benefit, the blessing, and the covering of His covenant in Christ Jesus. Then what place would the enemy have? Man, oh man. He'd have no foothold anywhere. I mean, he would be irrelevant. He already is. But he still, because we live in this fallen world, because the covenant is not enforced everywhere, and people are not walking in it, so there's contradiction. There's contradiction that comes against us. The power of a covenant. It allows the rule of one kingdom to be extended to and over the life of another. So let me ask you, what covenant is in force in your life? What do you know about the new covenant? The Bible says over in the, in the New Testament, it says we have a better covenant based on better promises because we have a better sacrifice. Look over in Hebrews just a minute. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. One of these days we need to just do a series on Hebrews, reading about the covenants. Man, I tell you, it, it would, it, you'd have to have the whole year just to do it any justice, though. Hebrews 9.22 In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It was necessary then for the copies. I want you to listen, read carefully now here. The copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices. Did you know when, when Jesus, He shed His blood at Calvary, we know that. 
He says it's finished. And you remember in the Jewish temple, it said that the, the curtain was rent from the top to the bottom. An angel of the Lord was up there. And they said that, you know, that, that curtain is, was several inches woven thick. That angel just says, like I'd unzipped my jacket. He just tore that thing right down there. And that was it. The Shekinah glory of God left that place, and it was signified now that God no more was living in one place, in one temple, in one location, but now He was free to live in the hearts of men in a new covenant. But the blood that had been sprinkled there year after year by on the Day of Atonement, that now that blood that was a copy of the heavenly things. Did you know there is a heavenly heavenly altar in heaven and he's about to talk about it here he said but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices for Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands he didn't he didn't put his blood in that temple there Herod's temple Solomon's temple he didn't put the blood wasn't there he went he said I'm ascending up to the heavenly not the copy but to the real to the eternal. There is, a, there is a holy of holies in heaven that is eternal. There is a mercy seat that is there in heaven right now. It is eternal. It is eternal. And it is there that Jesus appeared for us. It says, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered, he entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. Oh, he took the blood. And when he took the blood, listen, Bruce, your name was there on the blood. My name was there on the blood. Your name was there on the blood. He appeared personally for every man, woman, and child. Personally. It was a personal work of our faithful high priest who put his blood on that heavenly, eternal altar. Bruce Hudgens, Norris Braswell, it's on there. Hallelujah. Your name is on there. The blood. Woo. God sees, sees my name. He sees the blood. When He sees your name, He sees the blood. He sees the covenant. All things are yours. That's my son. That's my daughter. I'm going to preach myself happy here. He said that was only a copy, but he appeared for us in God's presence. He went into the very presence of God with his blood, with our name. He saw us. He included us. It says he entered heaven. He entered heaven itself now to appear for God for us in God's presence, nor did he enter heaven. He entered heaven to offer himself again and again. The way the high priest, you know, every year, the high priest in Israel, they had to make the sacrifice. The day of atonement. He had to, everything had to be just right. If it wasn't done just right, tradition says that they had a rope tied around the ankle of the high priest. And if he didn't do it right, he fell dead. Be careful what you ask for. You might get it. 
By that I mean, you know, you want to be exalted to a place of great responsibility. No wonder it said that the priests, when they would go in, they went in with fear and trembling. Boy, I sure hope I didn't forget nothing. Because <laughs> they had to do everything just right. If the blood wasn't, if they didn't do, if the sacrifice wasn't perfect, spotless, if the blood wasn't caught just right, if it wasn't sprinkled, if he didn't go in sanctified just right, I mean, hauled out in the rope. Mm. So he said that year after year they had to do that because the sacrifice was only covered. It could not remit. It could not make us brand new people. It could not do something in the heart of man, mankind. So he says, Jesus, though, he went in one time. Listen to this. Hey, and I want, this is the part I want to get across to you. The covenant, get this, the covenant was between God Almighty, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the seed the righteous seed of Abraham. That's, that's who the covenant is between an infallible, eternal, omnipotent God and an infallible, perfect God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the God-man. So you had a perfect God-man who never sinned, and he made an eternal covenant with, an, the, the, with God Almighty who is e- e- omnipotent, eternal, and infallible. So think about it. It's an unbreakable covenant because of who the two parties are. Almighty God. He cannot fail. He cannot lie. If he said it, he will do it. And then you have Jesus, the resurrected Son of the living God, the Lamb without spot and wrinkle, the perfect God-man who shed His perfect blood. This is the covenant that we have entered into. Hallelujah. It it cannot be broken. It's an absolute impossibility. Keep your place here, but turn over to Galatians just a minute. Wow. We're talking about what is our covenant. See, Western, in our Western culture, see, we don't understand, we don't understand this fully. And I, I want to help you a little bit today. Galatians. Let's turn over there and let's look. Let's see where we want to look over there in Galatians. We want to look in Galatians. I think we want to look in Galatians chapter 3. Let's begin with verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham, listen to this now, might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. See, how does, how does this covenant come to us? How do we enter into this covenant? 
through Christ Jesus. See, because it's a, an unbreakable covenant between Jesus Christ, the God-man, the perfect God-man, and, of course, Almighty God. So because it's through them, he said that we might, the Gentiles, through Christ Jesus, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Now, he's going to tell us what the promise of the Spirit is here. Brothers and sisters, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scriptures does not say to seeds. Not to seeds, but to one seed, Christ Jesus. But see, when we believe on the Lord Jesus, we enter into a covenant through Him. So it's still, the covenant is still just between God Almighty and the perfect God-man. But now, by faith and grace, we are in the one seed. Scripture does not say to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. This is why the message of in Christ is so important. It is the very heart of the covenant. Because if we're not in Christ, we're not in the covenant. And if we're not in the covenant, we don't belong to God. He said, he said, and he said, to not say to seeds, meaning many, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this. The law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God. By God and the seed that was to come, Christ Jesus. He said, thus do away with that previously established by God, and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God, in His grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. Remember, we said there's always a promise made between two parties for a covenant. See, the law is not about the covenant. The law is about you better do everything just right. If you do everything just right, then these blessings will be on you. But if you fail to do one thing right, then all these curses come on you. Well, I'd rather be under the covenant. How about you? I'd rather be in the seed. I'd rather have him to be the one who's representing me at the right hand of the Father for all eternity. And then he goes on and tells us the law was given because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred has come. See, the seed is Jesus Christ, and the promise was made to him. And so the, the law acted as a placeholder, so to speak, until the seed should come. But when the seed came, and that covenant 
was finalized when Jesus went to Calvary, shed his blood, ascended to the into the heavens, shed, put the blood there on the mercy seat in the heavenly heavens, there on the mercy seat. Then it was established that covenant once and for all so that now everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ is grafted into the seed and becomes heirs according to the promise given to the seed that is infallible. I hope I'm not confusing you. He said, he goes on to talk about it. He said, but God, but he said, no longer depends on the promise, but God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. How do we get that promise? The same way, by grace. By grace through faith in Jesus, we are now part of the covenant. Hallelujah. So we are in the world but we're not subject to the world if we're living in the covenant. This is why we don't live by what we feel. This is why we don't go by how well I'm doing everything in myself. But it is covenant. I'm in the covenant. By grace, I'm in the covenant. And all the blessings that was promised to the seed, Christ Jesus, now have become mine. They have become yours. I am right standing with God for all eternity. Nothing can change that. I'm a child of God for all eternity. Nothing can ever change that. All the blessings of Abraham promised to him in Christ Jesus, they are all mine now. They're mine by faith. I'm entered into covenant. A covenant that is irrevocable, unbreakable. Hallelujah. Between the Father and the Son. Glory to God. You ever notice when the devil comes around, he always tries to get you away from covenant? He always wants to talk about your flesh. About what your flesh did or didn't do. But what you should or shouldn't have done. He's always pointing to the circumstances. He always tries to get you to look away from covenant because he knows in covenant he has no chance. He, he can't even get up to the starting line. We're in the world, but we're not subject to it. We're not of the world. So maybe that makes a little more sense to you now. See, why? Because His kingdom has been projected over us. Look over in Colossians real quickly. Y'all getting anything out of this? Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. See, I'm, I'm no longer in Satan's dominion. By covenant, the heavenly kingdom, dominion, surrounds me and my family. I'm surrounded. I'm, I'm, I'm in another dominion. 
Notice, from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom or the dominion of the Son He loves. I'm operating and living in a different dominion even though I'm in this world. And Satan does his best to try to talk me back into this one. He wants to tell me, you're, living in, you're still living in this old one. You're still subject to sickness and lack and poverty and disease and oppression, depression. You're subject to all of that. You're still that. And that's when we rise up in our covenant. Say, no, wait a minute. Let me read you something over here, Mr. Devil. The blood of Jesus has been shed and sprinkled on the heavenly holy of holies. And the covenant is between the righteous seed Jesus in my Father God. And now because I am in Him, I am also in the covenant and heir according to the promises. His kingdom righteousness surrounds me and my family. I'm living in the blessing. I'm living in the victory. We'll shout somebody. He has brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Hallelujah. In whom? Oh, it's good to be in whom? It's good to be in Him. Oh, hallelujah. In Him we have, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Glory to God. Man, I'm telling you just about ready to have somebody. I have to hold my mule here. All right, let's, let's turn back over to Hebrews just a minute. Hebrews 9. Well, I'm enjoying it. How about you? It's good to know what you have, who you are. Hallelujah. See, here's the thing. Don't ever let the devil separate you from Christ. Not by his persuasive arguments. Not by his contradictory circumstances he whips up around you. Hebrews 9. It says, But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of Himself. So Christ was sacrificed once, once, say once, one time. Once is all it took. The blood is still there. The blood is still there. You remember when Jesus appeared to His disciples? He said, he said, he said, touch me. He said, because they thought he was a spirit. He said, but the spirit does not have flesh and bone. Notice he didn't say flesh and blood. Because the blood, the blood is on the heavenly, holy of holies. Once and for all, once and for all, to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time but not as the sin bearer, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Him. 
That's when we get that brand new body. That's when we get the fullness of this covenant redemption. Hallelujah. And that's a once and for all thing too. Once and for all. Redeemed forever. A million years from now. A sextillion years from now. A googleplex of year, million years from now. The biggest number you can think of. <laughs> Plus. Once and for all. Once and for all. Hallelujah. All right. How about if I, can I, can I put a little topping on your cake? <laughs> Look in Second Peter. Purpose of the covenant. The purpose of the covenant is to establish God's kingdom in the earth. That's, that's the ultimate. And, and it's being done and it shall be done fully when Christ returns the second time. Hallelujah. And all those, our brothers and sisters and family that are over there now enjoying the benefits of that covenant, because they're enjoying them over there too, the benefits apply in heaven too. As a matter of fact, they're getting some extra ones over there right now. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power. What's that divine power? Covenant. The blood of the Lamb. The promise, the immutable promise of the Father. Those two hook up together. Pow! Divine power has given us everything we need. Well, yeah, we have the covenant. Everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him, Jesus Christ, who called us by His own glory and goodness. He called us by who? His own glory and goodness. Not by seeds, but by seed. The glory and goodness of the seed we are established. By the purity and the righteousness of the seed we are in covenant through these he has given us his very great and precious promises whose promises are they they're his he's given them to us but they're but they're his if they're his promises they got to be good ones if they're his promises they got to be valid if they're His promises, He's going to make sure that, that they are fulfilled. Great and precious promises is so that through them we may participate. Oh, get ready to shout again. We may participate in the divine nature. Woo, what a covenant we got. I'm telling you, we're participating in His divine nature through the covenant. If any man be in Christ, if any woman be in Christ, they are a brand new creation. We have the divine nature of the seed in us now. Woo! We have escaped the corruption. The contradiction is a part of the corruption. He says we have escaped the contradiction, the corruption that's in the world caused by evil desires. Mm -mm -mm. 
I preach myself dry here. I get a drink of water. How are you liking this covenant so far? <laughs> so think about this. All these promises because of covenant. They're Jesus' promises. They're guaranteed because of the, of the covenant between the Father God and the perfect Son of God. He shed His blood once and for all. We're partakers of His divine nature. He has projected His covenant kingdom around us. We're in the world, but we're not living subject to the world. Hallelujah. And all that corruption that is in the contradiction, the covenant is far greater. Because notice he says here, by them we're going to be partakers of the divine nature, and we're going to escape the contradiction and the corruption that's in the world. Look back over to Galatians again, chapter 5. Verse 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Freedom from what? From the corruption that is in this world through sin. We're delivered from that. It's freedom. He has set us free. He said, so stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. He said, don't, don't let the devil put a yoke on you again. Don't let him do that. Because he sure will try. He'll try to tell you. See, he tries to lie to you. And see, if you don't know, and if you don't believe in the covenant we're talking about, he can, he can bamboozle you. I just felt like using that word. <laughs> he will deceive you. He will trick you. He will trip you up. Amen. Remember what he said over there? He said, let's lay aside every weight and every, every sin and every weight that would try to trip us up. Well, that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to work through lies, deception, our flesh, our lack of knowledge of the covenant, through all those things. But notice, he says, we can draw upon the resources of God. What did he say over there in Ephesians 6.10? He said, be strong in the what? How do we be strong in the Lord? By being strong in the covenant. Knowing what our covenant rights are. Hallelujah. See, I'm not holding the God up. He's holding me up. I'm not holding... The covenant up, the covenant's holding me up. The covenant's blessing me. The covenant's empowering me. The covenant's healing me. The covenant's strengthening me. The covenant's giving me victory. He said over there, that word, be strong and in the power of his might. That means dominion, power, strength, and forcefulness. And that's all in the covenant. That's all in the covenant. Man, I'm just, you know, just kick back in the covenant. I might make us some bumper stickers on that. I'm kicking back in the covenant.
I, I like that, don't you? I just kick back in the covenant. I'm just chilling in the covenant. Amen. He said, why? Because it's God's dominion, power, strength, and forcefulness that's holding me up. That's blessing me daily. That's giving me liberty. That's made me a partaker of the divine nature. Woo! I just might have to preach here. All right. Got to wind it down, though. 2 Corinthians. Here, let's see if we can at least find a stopping place. 2 Corinthians. Contradictions. We do live in a world of contradictions, don't we? I'm dealing with contradictions. Anybody in here dealing with any? Covenant. What we mean by contradictions and covenant, we know what the covenant says, but there's contradictions that you're facing. Now notice here, Paul faced them. He faced them. That doesn't mean you're unspiritual. That means that we have a battle. We are in a good fight of faith. And the fight of faith is about around the covenant. I'm not letting go of the covenant. I'm not letting go of the blood. I'm not letting go of Calvary. I'm not letting go of the Holy Ghost who's come to enforce the covenant. Remember, we've talked a whole last series about the, the Holy Spirit empowerment. What's He here to do? He's here to empower the covenant. He's here to enforce the covenant. Well, you wouldn't need an enforcer if there wasn't an outlaw, would you? 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. We've seen some of that, haven't we? Covenant, divine power to, demoni- to, to, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. See, that's all the devil has. We demolish arguments. How do we demolish them? Through the covenant. Christ says, redeem me from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for me, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon me. Bam! I just destroyed every argument the devil's got. We demolish arguments and and every pretension. See, the, the devil wants to pretend that he's still got some power. He wants to pretend that he's still in control. He wants to pretend. He, he's a pretender. That sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? The knowledge of our covenant relationship between God and the seed, our Savior, Christ Jesus, in whom we are complete. Every potential that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ's covenant. Now, I added covenant. But I think you can see, I don't think I'm stretching it after what we've seen already. He says, we take, we, he says we're taking every captive thought to make it obedience to Christ through the covenant. 
That's why we speak the word, the, the covenant words, the covenant promises. When the contradiction shows up, man, I'm going to tell you what's coming out of my mouth, not the contradiction, the covenant, the genuine article, the thing that's already defeated him, the thing that he cannot argue. He cannot get around it because he would have to out-argue Jesus and the Father, and that ain't happening. Amen. Listen, God, the omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing, omniscient God in the perfect God-man did not miss anything. Every dot, every cross, everything that had to be done was dotted. Everything was perfect. There is no loophole. I don't care what the devil tells you. With the contradictions, it is not, sickness is not a loophole to, to stay in your life. If you will stand on the covenant of Almighty God, there is no loophole there. God didn't miss anything. He didn't forget a thing. <laughs> He says, so we take every call, we take it uh, captive and make it obedient to Christ, and we will be ready to punish. I got some punishment I want to deal out on that turkey. To punish every act of disobedience <laughs> once your obedience is complete. Now, how do we make our obedience complete? By faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We enter in by grace into this covenant relationship, and we walk it out. We walk it out, what? By walking in love. Number one, we walk in love. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, and our neighbor as ourself. If we walk in love, because whoever walks in love, Jesus said, you fulfill the whole, all the prophets, all the all the law and the prophets, and certainly we will fulfill the, the, the new covenant because it is a new covenant based in love, isn't it? See, I didn't even get to get to that part yet. It's a covenant that's based in love, isn't it? For God so loved, He entered into a covenant through Abraham to the seed, His Son Christ Jesus, he sent His only begotten Son, His only begotten Son, Jesus, because of His great love for the Father and for us. He sacrificed Himself, the perfect God-man. He became a perfect sacrifice. And so we see that this is a covenant based in love. And love never fails. So the covenant will never fail. All right, that's a synopsis of that part. So here we are. We're here to, with the covenant, and our job is to take the covenant and to bring demolition to the contradictions. God's covenant, established by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, is always superior to my contradictions. I'll say that again. God's covenant, established by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, is always superior to my contradictions. You will face contradictions. I don't, I don't think that's news to anybody. But what we need to do is focus on the covenant. The covenant. Because it is always superior, stronger, 
greater. That's why the Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? That's why Moses and Joshua could say, not one good word that the Lord has promised us, not one good promise has failed us. And you know what? That's true for us too. Not one good promise of God will fail us. All right, let me give you some action points real quickly here. First of all, did you know that you're in a covenant relationship with God? I hope you do now. And you need to explore that some more. See, when we talk about uh, being in Christ, in Him, the righteousness of God, when we talk about, we're talking about covenant. We're talking about what God did in Christ Jesus, and we partake of by faith through grace. Hallelujah. So I'm not struggling to keep everything. Jesus already did all that. He already did all that. He did it perfectly. He did it with you and I in mind. Our, our names are written down. Covenant. Covenant. By the blood of Jesus. A covenant. An unbreakable covenant. Hallelujah. Are you taking advantage of your covenant rights? This is why we encourage you. Get into the New Covenant, the New Testament, especially the epistles. Find out what belongs to you. Not because you're good enough. Not because you kept the Ten Commandments. Not because you prayed 50 hours. Not because you read 95 chapters this week. But because you are in covenant relationship by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so take advantage of it. It's your covenant right. It's your family right. It's your inheritance right. It's even your table right. Remember, we looked over there in Psalm 23. The Lord prepares a table in the presence of my contradictions. What all is on that table, I wonder? Whoo, I bet there's some healing, you know, Healing's the bread of the children. I bet there's some bread on the table. I bet there's some victory on the table. I bet there's some peace on the table. I bet there's some provision on the table. Ooh, are you taking advantage? That's our table right, our covenant right, our family right. We're in the family of God now. It's your family right. Bless God, I'm going to take the helicopter out for a spin. If you was in certain families, that wouldn't be an odd thing to say, would it? Hey, Papa Bezos. Can we fly down to San Fran today? Why, sure, son, let's do it. Now, see, I know that's a silly thing, but see, they're in that family. Now, see, if I showed up and asked him for that, they'd show me the front gate. If not the cop car. <laughs> Why? Because I don't have any family right there for that. But see, in the kingdom, oh, Father, I thank you for healing for my body. It's my family right. It's my covenant right. It's my table right. Father, this ought not to be. This contradiction ought not to be. I'm not standing for it in the name of Jesus. Healing is my family right. Provision is my family right. 
Peace is my family right. I got to just shut up sometime here. One more thing I want to say, and then we're going to pray. Are you allowing contradictions to cloud your understanding and your faith in your covenant with God? See, this is where the enemy attacks the most. He does his best to convince you that the contradiction means the covenant is not in force. That the contradiction is greater, but it's not. No word of God, no word of this covenant is void of power. No, no covenant word can return back empty without accomplishing what it's set forth to do. The blood would have to fail. Jesus would have to fail. Father God would have to fail. The kingdom of God would have to fail. All the heavenly angels would have to fail. It ain't happening. I said it ain't happening. <laughs> Woo, it ain't happening. Every contradiction will lie in the dust. And the last contradiction will be over there in Revelations where the angel comes down, Michael comes down, and he puts that old dragon, the devil, in chains and puts him in that fiery pit forever. That will be the final contradiction. Bam! I just knocked my clock off. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Knocked the clock off there. <laughs> hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.